0: Wait a minute. It's a tattooed beaver that's durable. I'm just saying. Uh, let's keep this family friendly, folks. <laughs> Welcome to WMRK Radio Free Town. I'm your host, The Game Master. Our website is ExplorersUnlimited.com, where you can subscribe, donate, find other episodes, comment on this podcast, and find links and other information related to this episode. Our email address is radiofreemurktown at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, go ahead.
1: Yeah, and Tyree has went ahead and created that, so if you get a minute, look it over and tell me if that's okay, and if it's okay, I'll start adding my rules and crap. But he's going to play uh, a rogue scientist that's basically like something at a stargate. And it's really funny because one of the things that he wants to have been doing is have this paranoid idea that Atlantis is real and that he's been looking for it. So, of course, I'm trying to find a true Atlantean to put into the group just to mess with him.
2: I can say I'm a true Atlantean. (laughs) (laughs) But you're
1: all of the beaver, though.
2: It's an Atlantean beaver.
3: Oh, God. Is that like men with brooms?
1: Oh <laughs> or does it just have tattoos and uh, it's pretty durable?
0: Well, throw a
2: lovely lady in the campaign. We'll find out.
0: Wait a minute. It's a tattooed beaver that's durable. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, let's keep this family friendly, folks. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah. So, so. It definitely sounds like a, a, an interesting new setting. Um I, it kind of reminds me of a, a, a similar but definitely different uh, jaunt than I, I've I've ever played. I established the first Chaos Earth game, and that one started at like right before the fall, uh, and uh, that one went on for a number of years. But uh, the the only game I've actually played in in real life, you know, outside of uh, EU, was a uh, Chaos Earth. Coombe Stargate kind of campaign where uh Nemo was running the dimensional machine out of uh Lone Star and sending uh Nima teams to explore dimensions and that was real fun uh but wow yeah uh, it totally totally separate, but you know you get the whole time and dimensional travel and everything else, so uh yeah, I think this one sounds interesting, but it should be interesting how it plays out. Uh, I, I will say question i'm sorry
2: I, I will say that uh, one of the things that that got me interested in this concept was uh the fact where it it was it, it wasn't like you're not trying to save the world because we know the the world will not be saved, but it's it, it it goes back to the making a difference in a small area. Right. and plus and plus the the civilization nut in me it, it was was saying oh good we get to build a town we'll start with <laughs> we'll start with the the fire station we'll build fortifications well, then we'll then we'll expand the city walls and then we'll go conquer the the hittites and and <laughs> and there you go so, so should
1: i expect you to go uh, all kesselan from phase world on me
2: not yet But you're not eliminating the possibility either. I I will neither confirm nor deny the possibility that uh, there will be a heavily armed and heavily armored Caterpillar D9 running around at some point.
1: Awesome. It'll be like one of the Israeli ones. Yes. I do got to confess to you guys that, uh, you know, uh, that uh, we live in the same house and we're really good friends and everything. And uh, after I heard about what happened in the Phase World campaign, i uh, you guys may or may not know this but both him and I are involved with the fire hall here in high level and uh, one of the things I'm going to bequeath to the group is his character is basically a Nima firefighter that when Nima pulled out because they, they basically reasoned the north is this huge sparsely populated area we cannot defend this we have to move south. he refused to abandon his post so I, I asked him the other day I said okay if NEMA said you got one fire truck, use the smoke skipper hover truck in uh, Northern Gun 2 as a base, what would be on board? And I'm really expecting to have a list that's about five miles long, like right down to like 25 surgical gloves, like 19 and a half feet of suture, and you know, so on and so forth. If you play in the Phase World campaign, you'll know where I'm going with this.
4: I've seen those shopping lists.
5: So, was <laughs> curious, you plan on bringing the, in the game, you plan on bringing the Calgary Rift into?
1: Oh, abso- absolutely. That's the tragic part of this. So, if you're familiar with, uh, sort of, Alberta's anatomy, if you will, you've got Edmonton and Calgary in the south. That's where most of the population is. And then, it, basically, at the midpoint, you have Grand Prairie and Peace River. And then you've got, High level in the north, and everything kind of spreads out from those spots. Uh, the thing about Grand Prairie is that it's extremely multicultural. It's the most multicultural place I've ever been. You know, there's white people. There's uh, a lot of Sikhs there. Uh, did I say that right? You know what I mean. There, Sikhs. There, Sikhs, Sikhs. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of Sikhs. There's a lot of natives. There's a lot of Asians of various cultures. So. Basically, what I'm going to have, have, and I just wrote this today, have happened there is when the end came, everything fractured down racial lines, if you will. So, which is sadly enough, kind of what I actually see happening. So, you've got Grand Prairie that's now basically a big civil gang war. Uh, there's going to be a small NEMA base at Peace River, but they sent everything south to try and protect Edmonton and Calgary because that's where the people were well then the Calgary Rift came along and basically all of Nema that was in Alberta all of its major resources are now tied up in a losing battle trying to keep the people of the south alive around the Calgary Rift after they told everybody to go south. The Mm -hmm. irony is if they had all went to the north, to the wilderness in the first place, they probably would have lived. And it would have been a much smarter thing for NEMA to have done, you know, to say we cannot hold the city, we can't hold against everything coming out of this rift. But they don't know it's going to stay open for 300 years.
5: Right. Nice. That was pretty interesting.
0: All right. So, any any other uh, questions or commentary regarding the Chaos Earth game? Uh, I guess
5: is he going to be considered then the the Dimension Master and running all the character creation?
0: Yeah, that would be exactly correct. All
5: right. Saves you then.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know, there's. I mean, there's. You have the you have a template, and you know he might need to alter his just a little bit. You know, at the very near top where. It, I mean, obviously, sentiments toward the coalition is invalid. Uh, so uh, you know, there, there'll be some minor alterations to the basic templates, and that's about it. And then he lays out his uh, his own EP reward system as you know, with in conference with myself since I'm the central banker. And um, that's that's basically about it. You know, whatever tweaks might need to be done, uh, just like we did with uh, Pladium Fantasy when it came online, uh, and everything else. So it it all works out pretty well.
1: I'm basically going to use uh, Captain Cook, uh, what he did, uh, Billy will get this. I'm basically going to use what he did with Australia as a guide. If you read through what I've posted, you can kind of see that I've already done that, like gone through and figured out what OCCs are acceptable and that kind of thing, and I'll change like the sentiments to match and all of that. But uh, that's that's always been kind of step four, and I think we're on kind of step two and a half right now. My goal is to be accepting submissions by january 1st i want to get rolling before the end uh, or at the end of the winter slowdown and i want to be ready to hit stride when people get their ep from that quadrimaster which will probably i'd say what do you think well, I probably come mid-february or something like that by the time everybody gets their shit together
0: uh the dates are posted and it generally takes about two weeks so
1: yeah Yeah, Yeah. like mid-February. So figure, you know, a couple weeks to get that sorted, a couple weeks for me to get submissions. So that means March 1st to be like, balls out, we're off on our first adventure. I'm actually planning on kind of doing a soft intro to the group if Pythias creates this... uh, after this 1870s guy. I'm actually planning on making the first micro adventure, if you will, his intro, because somebody's going to have to get him before the monsters do. Yeah, to be sure.
0: So, uh, with Chaos Earth uh, pretty shamelessly promoted and uh, and, and discussed. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and I've already covered basically how new dimensions and games are created. Um, so. That's, that's been very fruitful. I'm glad that dovetailed. Did anybody have any other questions regarding how new games or dimensions are created, or are we feel good for that?
3: I'm raising my hand too.
0: Okay, go, uh, go ahead.
3: Um, okay, so a long time ago, I sent you a request to do a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, uh-huh. and so since you flat out denied me then, I was going to bring yeah, yeah. it back up. And say, under what conditions do something like that exist? Because it doesn't seem that much different than like Australia or Chaos Earth compared to Rifts. If we did it in the Heroes Unlimited vein, but it was like the modern era. Instead.
0: Here's yeah. Here's the here's the thing with TMNT. Uh, TMNT is actually part of the Heroes Unlimited dimension.
2: Right, so right. No, That
0: all the, all the content, all the debate, uh, the, the ability to make mutant animal characters. That I mean, that all that dovetailed. Entirely with Heroes Unlimited, uh, which is why you can actually see in some of the Tmnt adventure supplements from way back in the 80s that oh, yeah. I you know cut my teeth on. Uh, there are direct Heroes Unlimited tie-ins, and it makes perfect sense because they're both SDC low-powered kind of superhero heroic uh, adventures. So um, that's it's just part and parcel with well, that. It, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. My bad. If,
3: um, if you wanted to like to that... put
0: together a group. Like there was TMNT ish, like a Ninja Turtle type, uh, you know, Animal Mutants, uh, within the context of Century Station. I think that's entirely doable. That just requires or, you working with the icon. So, my, uh,
3: my yeah, yeah. what I was trying to achieve with that was to pull it out of the far future and place something squarely in the present day where characters would submit, you know, like the web page where they bought whatever, whatever gun. And however much that cost, it came out of their thing or something like that, where it was straight away here and now with like, how would a uh, vigilante, you know, we might set the dial, the reality setting down a little bit. So you could have a vigilante beating somebody up and not getting immediately shot by the cops or something, but it, taking it, it, it's more the time frame than the actual mutant animals, but. Right. I just it, to say right.
0: It. <laughs> right. And with the uh, century, right. And with century station, it's in like 2041, I think, or 2043. So it's, you know, it's, the game started in like the year, early 2000s. And so it's been going for like, I don't know, at least six years. Uh, probably a good deal longer than that now. Almost, I don't know, seven or eight. Uh, so time is actually catching up to it. <laughs> Uh, uh, so it's only like 25 years off in the future or so. And, uh, you know, we don't have our hover cards or anything yet. I'm just saying, uh, GM, um, yeah, so it, it's, it's a, it's a nominally, you know, step forward in time if that, and that's about it. I mean, and there are certainly areas of century station where none of that high tech crap is available. Yeah, it's, that's I mean, totally
3: cool. The I, I get it. I just had to I saw my opening and I figured <laughs> I'd go for it.
0: Yeah, I consider the <laughs> century Station the establishment of that dimension. Uh Galactic is also an establishment of that dimension. It's simply not you know, I mean it's uh the century station game is terrestrial. Uh the Galactic Game is not even in the same quadrant of the galaxy. So it's totally part of the same dimension. You know, it's completely separate. I get a question. I understand. <laughs> Fire away.
1: So uh, it's just it, it's it's something that I often see brought up, and I'm I'm just I'm curious. I'm neither pro nor con about this. You you seem to have very almost harshly separated splicers from everything else is there a reason that you are are very uh, that or are you are i guess are you okay let me let me rephrase this is there a reason that you do not allow splicers characters on you yes And again, I'm neither pro nor (laughs) con on that, by the way. I'm just curious to see what you say. I imagine our reasoning is going to be pretty much the same, but I'd like to hear.
0: Yeah, there is, uh, because Splicer's stuff is not adaptable to other environments, period. Um, That's just how it is in the rule books. Uh, That's that's part of canon. Uh, So, you know, when you you take that guy with all those um, doohickeys or whatever from Rift's Earth and you send him... To the Splicer's dimension, he is going to be Fubar, like, super fast. Yeah, because a little
1: weapons are going to attack him. Yeah, and stuff, exactly. But
0: and vice what's... versa, it's, it's, it, none of that crap works. And those things just, you, you die. I mean, if you're one of those BioBorgs or something like that, you die. Now, I'd have to dig into the book itself to bring out the explicit rationale, but that's the gist of it. They're, they're just not compatible. So any mm-hmm. Splicer's game is going to have to be standalone.
5: Just so it's kind of like Wormworld World, where when you bring something over, yeah. the ropes, yeah. everything dies?
1: Yeah,
0: it's exactly correct.
1: Makes sense. I was just curious, because again, it's one of those things we often see some people asking, right? Right, right. And, you
0: know, it's you know, comparable, although in a much uh, higher key, uh, like when you take an MDC weapon to, you know, Palladium Fantasy. Well, the MDC weapon doesn't work due to the universal energy matrix of the dimension, Right.
1: So, <laughs> same exact exact same idea. It of, sounds
0: like beautiful sci-fi bullshit techno <laughs> jargon, oh, and I love that because it's in the megaversal builder thing. I love it.
1: I came up with the most beautiful now. techno babble. Anything that for uh, Chaos Earth, it just sounds cool. Uh, one of the things that uh, the, the the characters, uh, the groups, I, I don't know. <laughs> the
0: like promoting. Excuse me.
1: <laughs> yeah, whatever. I know, I know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm beating the dead horse, but anyway, one of the things that the group's benefactor is going to give them is uh, a techno wizard sextant, so that they can not only figure out where they are, but when. And I'm calling it a, a, a chroniton sextant, and I just <laughs> think that sounds awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, that works. That works. Uh, one more question about the the
5: creating the groups. So don't you just give a quick rundown about? Like, I know you talked about creating a sponsor group. What about creating another independent group?
0: Sure, that's pretty easy. Uh, get yourself uh, people who wish to follow you up to the uh, minimum four players and go about it. I mean, and find a GM. If you can't find a GM, you're SOL. Find a group. <laughs> that was the problem. Yeah, it is. So you know, uh, find a find a GM, find three other players, and go for it. You know, there's no cost to w- that.
1: I was kind of worried. That's what was going to happen in the Roughnecks for a bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it, it's finding a GM is difficult sometimes. Uh, you yeah. know, It's it's so easy to be a player, and it requires a lot of time to be a GM.
1: Uh, There's actually something along those lines that it would actually be really good, given a situation we have in the Roughnecks right now, to hear your thoughts on. <laughs> I know. Luke's, I know. Luke's is probably about to throw shit at me <laughs> saying this. Yeah, pretty what, much. <laughs> what is your policy on when stuff becomes I'm, I'm not saying it is a train wreck, it's not. It's still under control at this point. It's just the brakes have failed and the train's going downhill. But what's your policy on when the train jumps the tracks and PCs start doing shit that's outright evil or diabolical?
0: Oh, uh, against their own against their own alignments.
1: Yeah, uh, like like, let's say that. Well, that, that, uh, that, give that, you the specifics.
0: That, it really comes down to the GM. So, uh, that's, a, that's a totally a GM call how to deal with uh, breaches of alignment.
1: True, though. But our, where I'm tying into this, aberrant, aberrant, aber, aber, how the hell do you yeah, say yeah. that word? Yeah. Is not a problem. Mm. Like, uh, Makiza, mm. for example, in this situation is behaving in an aberrant fashion. But we have somebody who may have done something straight up diabolic. Is that not against site rules?
0: Uh, No, it's not against site rules. You can go ahead and do whatever you want. Characters have the free will of their players, Uh, but there are consequences to actions.
1: Right, because a lot of us seem to think that, for some reason, we're not allowed to play evil characters, like really evil characters on you. Like I said,
0: there are are consequences to actions. If you slip down, like, here's the thing. GMs are very much encouraged to discourage evil behavior just as you know society and social groups tend to do this uh, you know we ostracize people so the group might fucking turn on you the group might you know I mean hey you, you go ahead and go cold-bloodedly murder somebody in front of Sir Ronneth stand by you <laughs> might, your head might be separated from the, your torso in rapid order um, so I mean this is what happens around principled characters and often around scrupulous you're going to die um, or at the very least, you're going to be socially ostracized. You're going to get kicked from the group. And then, good luck. And, you know, so there's there's consequences to your actions. And then you have the GM's take on things, because that's just the players. So the GM's take on things could be, you violated your own your own moral code. Guess what's involved? Oh, well, you know, again, it's GM call. My first step would be, I'm going to throw an insanity at you. Because oh, yeah. you're an insanity. Oh, You've just, you know, that's a pretty traumatic, traumatic experience. You know, you violated your own ethical code to an extent that is not minor, right? This isn't some slip up of or your, of uh, your code of conduct. This is an egregious breach of your code of conduct, right? Your moral code. So it's going to be traumatic. It's going to trouble you. You're going to have problems dealing with this, right? And we see this all the time in walking dead. I mean, good lord. Yep. Um, so and cinema period in general. So you have uh, you have that. <laughs> Here's your first thing. And then the second thing is if this conduct becomes a pattern, you're going to slide in alignment. Now, if you slide into Miscreant or Diabolic, you're no longer a character. You lose your character because those alignments are not allowed on site. You become an NPC, and then the GM gets to uh, turn him into a villain or whatever he wants to do. Man, That's I- how
1: it works. The rotten tomatoes and stuff are coming all the way from Ohio to northern Alberta. I could just feel them coming.
5: <laughs> no, no, I'm done. I understand completely. I mean, uh, that's why I tried to throw in that last shot that I did to try to end it and move on. We'll see. <laughs> wait for the jam post.
1: Yeah, like I, I, I total uh, shot. By the way, <laughs> yeah, we can we can move away from this, but I I, I got to get this two cents in. Uh, I told Pythias that uh, I said, you know, if as a... If, cause him and I talk a lot, right? Like, I mean, I haven't even been intro into the campaign yet, and I'm kind of sitting on my duff, right? And uh, he he expressed that he said he was going to let it play out. And just my particular style, I had said that if you really want players to be responsible for their outcome as soon as somebody does something like that that's questionable for example like when Mercedes uh, said that she was going to dismember the guy and stab him with his own eyeball and all that crap and then went after him yeah you drop a gm post right there because then there's no take backsies and you get it before you know
5: <laughs> yeah. other well it was more of a, a threat because she didn't she didn't create a uh, a combat post to support
1: that statement yeah. I think, those yeah, words yeah. are words <laughs> I, I i think that was a bit of a, kind of an oversight on her part see it's so hard because if you read the post it all comes off as a threat up until you read the character's state thought of well i might as well help myself to these people's stuff
5: right that's what you plan to do afterwards i mean <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> i hope either way you know don't throw things at me i i had to bring it up because you know it's worth it for people to hear what happens to you if you drop into diabolic that's really what i wanted to hear and yeah. i wanted to get them into the podcast
0: yeah let it's there be no bones about scenario. that let there be nodes of
1: bones about that
0: no miscreant or diabolic characters are allowed on you they will be npcs cool. uh so let's transition into a group spotlight uh we have a the Galactic Rogues are on the table tonight, and it's been a long time since I've even poked my nose into Phase World. Uh, what's going on there, and who here is involved in that?
5: I'm, I'm actually Barry. Oh. I'm the team leader on the Rogues, and and I'm the
4: and GM. John.
5: Hello.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Consumers the GM, and uh, Maniacal's in the group. He's the team leader. No, um, uh, that's like Mike. Uh, Mike. That okay. The-
4: yeah, they're, uh, right now they're in, the, they're in the process of you know doing the thing they do after every adventure, which is spend all Shut of their money. <laughs>
5: yeah, I got an account.
4: <laughs> you did, you did. You're actually, I think, the one with the most money right now. Um, uh, that being said, they just recently got done dealing with some problems in the lower levels of center. They had to get in the middle of a gang war to uh, basically get out because the gang decided to uh, cause enough damage to close the level down.
0: So, who who are the Galactic Rogues? Uh, what what's the focus of the group? What Kenny, uh, give us some overarching stuff. Assume nothing. Who are these guys, and what, what where are they playing? Give us the gist.
4: All right. Well, the Galactic Rogues started out originally as like this group of miscreants who were just doing whatever job they could to make whatever money they could. <coughs> Their ship has changed in the last few years, and they've kind of gotten to a more good-aligned bent on things. Probably due to Mara being against everything that's evil. That <laughs> doesn't hurt. Um,
5: I'm going Dead Slayer, come on. I
4: got you. Uh, the group actually has some of the oldest players on the site. I have Mara, there's Holt, and then there's uh, Nadal, who... Though his post rate's not the greatest, he does always seem to have something good to say. Yeah. And then the group just rounded out with a bunch of new guys who are, in the general gist of things... They're good at what they do. I have awesome writers in the group, and they, they move the story along. Uh, they used to be a purely independent group, but now, as of late, they've been being sponsored by Thraxus because Thraxus wants them to do work. <laughs> what the
0: hell? Yeah, I, I, I used to be part of the uh, adventure, the Galactic Adventurers, way back uh, a number of years ago, and uh, shockingly, my character was an Arismal. Um And uh, surprise, surprise, I know, right? And yeah, they ended up on uh, on Thraxis's payroll at some point too. So that, we still that are. That does not surprise me. Yeah,
4: <laughs> they all are now.
0: It, that's because he's he's the, uh, he's, the he's, he's the spider at the at the center of the web. You know, he's yeah. They're,
4: strings. they're they're looking into these artifacts to try to save an uncertain future of center, which is the overarching plot that... Dark Lord had started, and we've all just kind of continued with it. they so we have something special planned for them here as soon as the winter break is over.
0: Interesting, interesting. So, uh, who's, who all comprises the Galactic Rogues?
4: Uh, well, there's Mara, who's an Undead Slayer, the team leader. Then they have their XO, which is Holt. He's a superhuman Menar, former oh. CAF field operative, basically. Uh, Nadal, who's a celestial line rider, kind of like a space ley line walker. Uh, Sorensen, their TW wizard, who's brilliant. Uh, Baron, who's uh, generally lazy neer well pilot. And Prothor, uh, who's a former mage-turned-combat
0: cyborg. Am I something? That is bizarre. So, yeah, yeah there are definitely so has a, an amalgam of uh, various miscreants still. I oh, guess. yeah. Okay.
4: But they all still do it for the money. That's the important part.
0: <laughs> ah, okay. So there's no uh, there's no higher purpose like with the uh, adventurers they used to have.
2: No, no higher
0: purpose. Well, very very interesting. Is there anything else uh, you want to talk about regarding the uh, Galactic Rogues and their uh, bit in the Face World campaign?
5: Yeah, you should sell a little on the upcoming up adventure, oh, yeah,
4: adventure! We're going to be do- me and Dark Lord are going to be doing a uh, a, a group, a, a two group epic for the collective or for the Phase World game. We're actually going to probably try to run the uh, Megaverse and Flames or Dimensional Outbreak setting. Nice. for once, which kind of fo- follows the original idea he had for his meta campaign idea, but it's again it's always inherently different from what you want to do and right now our big thing is is we're uh, deciding on how badly we
0: want to beat up both groups
5: <laughs> nice
0: <laughs> all right. Thanks for that. yeah that sounds that sounds that sounds fantastic it is <laughs> all right so let's let's transition to our our next topic and uh well, I'll I'll let Eric pick since he's been uh, the quiet one. Uh, you want to tackle uh, the use of audio in p- play-by-post? Uh, You're just saying that because I'm a, a voiceover guy. You are an audiophile, sir. Yes. Yes, I am. Uh, the annual holiday post suspension or uh, uh, the narrative tense and point of view? What would you like to tackle next? Let, let's go ahead and get the audio out of the way.
2: Okay. because you know that is next on your bullet point list, and and you know we are about the bullet
0: point lists. I do like the bullet point lists.
2: Yes. I'm back by the
0: way. Let's keep that typing down. FYI, edit. Okay, so uh, yeah, uh, well, I, I guess I will just lead off uh, with my my two cents. Um, I have found a, a fantastic. Well, I have been introduced to a fantastic uh, website for this use. Uh, tabletopaudio.com. There is an amazing amount of really cool uh, ambiance uh, sounds from like from like a 1920s uh, speakeasy to a blacksmith shop to an alchemist lab to the docks district. To, uh, you name it. It's just fantastic. That's Tabletopaudio.com. And Phineas has been using that for the Roughnecks, and it's it's actually worked out really well I've liked it a lot yeah and I, I haven't really had a chance to uh, take advantage of it just yet but uh, I've been very keen to do so um, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it um, in the past what I have often had is just uh, like when there's a, a like when, when they can't when a character group can't see anything but they hear something you know um, I'll, I'll toss in like I think there was a, on the, in the original campaign I had them on a basically like a jurassic planet and uh, they saw rustling lots of thermal images everywhere so it was like useless to use thermal um so they but they could hear things and they heard like a screech and i totally used the dy- the t-rex roar from jurassic park <laughs> and it i mean that's that was that indicated like hey the direction of where things were happening and they went off to investigate and of course you know Massive conflagration of dinosaurs pouncing in on their direction, but uh, it, it was fun. Um, but that's the kind of thing I've used, as well as uh, when they walked into a bar on a space station. I had uh, I introduced some cowboy. Be- I put a Cowboy Bebop MP3 player to you know, hey, here's the uh, here's the music that's going on in, in, the, in the bar. And but I think the tabletop audio is going to be a new thing that I'm going to start taking advantage of. What about you all?
5: Well, another new audio thing that I know in the Roughnecks, Sarek is playing a uh, uh, robot. He also has a lot of uh, music files, I guess, within this robot, and Pythias set us up against a bunch of fairies, so a couple of our guys ended up um, getting cursed to to dance, and while they're down there complaining, Sarek starts blasting some tunes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and of course, they asked they asked him to change because first it started off with some like Irish folk music, and then they asked to, uh, 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 a your, music file
0: change, and another see, one popped up. So your character is uh, River Dancing. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Oh my God. When
1: he told when he told There's, me about that, I said, as soon as somebody complains about the music, you should immediately transition into "Shut Up and Dance" by Walk the Moon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so you're actually including the uh, audio files when you uh when you uh make these posts to just kind of share the ambiance and the sounds
5: yes they were
1: awesome i was going to say don't underestimate uh being able to to sort of set the mood for your setting with the right background music. That's why, again, <clears throat> shamelessly promoting, that's why I went in with my Chaos Earth post, and I've actually got a soundtrack list there that I'm going to add to as the players go. But, you know, like, everybody's always, usually when they're posting and crap, they've got background music on and stuff anyway, and it doesn't really matter what your setting is that really, really helps people get in the right sort of frame of mind and the right mood if if you give that to them.
0: Right, yeah. Like
1: the last
4: last adventure I ran, all the titles for the adventure were music titles, mostly black metal, and I don't think anybody actually caught on to it, though.
0: (laughs) A little tie-in anyway there. What about our uh, resident audiophile, Mr. Servo?
2: Well, yes, I I agree with what's been said here already that uh, that that music uh, does help a lot to set the theme, and there's something I was watching an interview with uh, the the stars of the the upcoming Star Wars movie, and they were asked questions about what would be your intro music, like your walkout music, right? And I, there was some there were some pretty good choices in it. But uh, I, I would wonder what you guys would have as yours when, it, when given the opportunity. Like say, uh, like say, Storm, with you, you're talking about your <clears throat> shameless plug, um, Chaos Earth, where if if each of the characters had their own theme song.
1: Oh my God! I'm totally going to ask that on the uh, the sheet. What is your theme song? What is your walkout music? That's a fantastic idea, Boy, You should put that on the actual sheet because it actually forces people to sit and think. Oh my god, that's brilliant!
5: Look at Seric and Kesslin's sheet. He does that. Yeah, like Kesslin it, does. Yes, yes. Yeah. Seric does it too. Yeah, same character, but same guy.
3: Yeah, it's I just, just a, a, it's such a great
1: idea. I was like, shocked uh, at sorry. one
3: point when I was helping a uh, character This for a Mekton game probably a long time ago. Um, and it was play-by-post. And he had this like massive, like, all the maxed-out physical stats, but he was a really good character. And I said, oh, man, this guy totally uh, reminds me of The Rooster by Alice in Chains. He was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And it kind of made me fall over because he was an anime head, and I had no idea about what us people that aren't anime heads listen to.
1: Were you asking, by the way, Eric, like, sorry, I I interrupted you, and I'm really sorry for that. If if anybody's actually listening in the background, part of the reason is is because I'm hearing impaired. And so I often can't tell that somebody's actually speaking until they're like a half second farther into it than a lot of people normally are. But anyway, that isn't it, like were you asking me what I thought or what my character's actual songs are?
2: Well, I was mainly asking what you thought about it Okay, uh, gotcha because mm. and and just to, to to carry on with it uh music when when I would game you know, we in college where we had our our regular game group that uh, we'd get together on weekends uh most of us this was mainly Robotech, all of us had. Stereo decks in our mechs. I mean, we all that was like number one thing. It's like, well, you've got this brand new hover tank. I'm putting a stereo in it.
1: <laughs> that actually fits the setting though, because music yeah. was a, always a big, uh, a big running theme in Robotech. Yeah. I mean, you had that whole stupid character Minmay thing where you know she's horrifying the Zentradi with, oh my god, the power of music and Marty you know,
0: voice. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, <laughs> Don't let his Jerry Jason's talk, character talk about that. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, Jason well, Long, not- the. Uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Jason Jason Long, the uh, the 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 Templar uh, head guy. Uh, he and I were roommates in college, and 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 his favorite thing was to to uh to, to have rolling stones music coming from his from his deck. So you would have a veritech going th- you know weaving in amongst the the skyscrapers, the skyline of Macross City with hey you get off of my cloud. And <laughs> just it, that because music is so visceral and each one of us has right. you know our different likes and dislikes and uh, you can have something from uh, you could have something from the Mortal Kombat soundtrack that uh, that really gets your blood flowing. That's, that's your character in a microcosm. The other person could have Hampton, the hamster with hamster dance. And if it, <laughs> if it fits the
0: character, yeah, then there's no saying that's a bad choice. Yeah. So let's all pick one character and do that. So I'm going to, I'm going to lead off with that. Cause that's a really fun question, Eric. Um, I, I only have one character. So, uh, Jezebel's I think would be pushing this guy from the seatbelts. It's, uh, like jazz meets metal uh, meets, you know, just high-speed thrash. So it's it's really good, and it's just a fantastic song, and I'm going to include that in the uh, show show notes. Um, and, and, by the way, if you have any kind of content to share or anything like that, just post it as a reply to the thread, and I'll include it in the show notes. But, yeah, that would be my submission. Uh, it would be uh, Pushing the Sky from the Seatbelts. Fantastic song, very high-speed, aggressive,
1: um, kind of like jazz. <laughs> I guess if it would be for me, I might, I might as well do both of them because I know them right off the top of my head. For Shane, uh, Just Stop by Disturbed really fits a, really fits a juicer, really fits somebody who feels like everybody's judging him for the actions that he did in the past. Then you've got Pyro, who is the only trained soldier in the Australia game. He's the only person with military experience, but it all went bad. And so his theme song is uh, a song that came out in Australia called I Was Only 19 by Rengum. And it's basically about an Australian guy that uh, that fought in Vietnam, which a lot of people don't even know that the Australians went, were in Vietnam, which kind of fits with the whole background of, of what Pyro did. And it's fun because they're completely opposite. Like one's like a rock and like balls in your face, like like, you know very fast song, and the other one's kind of laid back and sedate, which kind of fits the character. Like, in addition to being the trained soldier, he's probably the calmest and the most sane one in the Australia group. <coughs> Billy.
5: That's true. <laughs> uh,
4: for me, I've, I have so many characters, so I'm only going to do two real quick. Uh, I play James, usually when I'm writing for him, I'm listening to Bayless, or Basil Paduras' uh, Red October uh, soundtrack, So the Russian uh, let them sing usually is what I listen to when I'm writing. As for, like, say, William, I listen to things like Black Betty because it's good driving music. What about Drake? Oh, Drake? Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the song. Hold on one second.
1: I can't wait to see what Dustin's going to post Seeing as how I, like, grab the guy and beat the shit out of him And then you shot him in the head at the same time And just uh, uh, th- That guy is having a bad day Yeah, I don't think he's living through that, really <laughs> no. fact, I don't think like that guy
4: at all uh, I'm pretty sure Beanpole posted the song that I really liked for my character I
3: just Oh,
4: man I hate when I can't find Oh, things. hold
3: on I might still have that handy uh, so while I'm looking for that, I'll go ahead and do my three. So, Beanpole was Carry On, Wayward Son. Um, mm-hmm. Snoopy is Yellow Claw, or uh, Till It Hurts by Yellow Claw. And Jana was Aukian, the old Russian, like, ferryman song, where they were dragging boats up the Volga River or something horrible like that.
0: But it's, pick one, and why? Why is that fitting?
3: Oh, um... Well, Jauna's is super simple because she is nothing but, you know, dour and all about working and just kind of being miserable and working all day long. And, you know, pulling big, heavy barges up the Volga River against the current day in, day out, your entire life oh, kind of sums oh, wow. that up.
0: So very resigned. Um, okay.
4: Yeah. Um, to answer the question from earlier, it's called The Outsiders by Eric Church. It was a very good Awesome song.
0: <laughs> And and Servo, what about yourself there? Since you asked the uh, question. Yeah,
2: I know. I, I asked the question and Start it's about fair play. Uh, it's not it's not one that I'm being able to answer easily, uh, because my moods tend to change on, on characters, you know, from time to time. But uh I would probably have to say uh probably probably take Rufus right now and uh Probably do something from Dick Dale, like uh, either Miserloo or Nitro. Um, right. Simply because he's he's kind of got that he's he's kind of got that smooth, laid back from the surfer mentality that uh, that you would get, but there's an energy to it, right? And it, it at the same it, it's kind of like that contra, that uh, that contraposition of you know, laid back, but high energy. And and plus, I, I internal just... Internal Yeah, internal dichotomy. And, and that's what he is. he is. He is a... Comes from a race of hunter-gatherers who don't like magic, don't like technology, but he eats that stuff up. I mean, those are his two obsessions. He's got two insanities, and each one is obsession-magic, obsession-tech. So... He he has that that dichotomous nature, and I think that just kind of best uh, best fits him. Plus, I just he's think he's cool as hell.
0: Cool as yeah, hell is often, like often, like often
1: sorry. Oh, sorry, fucking did it again. Sorry, uh, sorry. I was going to say, and when he's not doing that, he's sniffing used bedsheets. Oh
0: <laughs> God! <laughs> yes,
2: yes, he actually did,
3: but he had a reason.
2: He had a reason. He
1: wasn't just being like a perv or nothing. I got to say, though, uh, I don't care if this goes in the podcast or not. Like, uh, I, I love all of my players and I love all the GMs that I'm in. But I'm totally stoked to be in this conversation because I have my favorite GM and my favorite of the moment Templar in the same conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: So I would encourage you all to uh, share on the uh, on the thread uh, – I'll link to uh, your each of the songs that are for one of those characters, just so we can show with, share with uh, share with everyone else. Um, but so let's transition, and because we want to keep an eye on the time here, um, the annual holiday post rate suspension. Okay, so hit me with the questions, folks. We're moving into the to the uh, systematic question here.
1: How about you <clears throat> just tell us how it is, like a boss?
0: Oh, okay. So. Um, I, <laughs> Like right before Thanksgiving, uh, we, we suspend the post rate requirements, which are, you know, once a week, at least once a week, put up something. And if not, you know, let people know ahead of time. Um, so we kind of suspend that based on, you know, all the empirical evidence that, Hey, uh, people tend to be super busy around the holidays. So that continues from just before Thanksgiving until just after New Year's day. Um, and that's pretty much that's pretty much the the gist of it um, I mean there's a lot of history as to why that came about and such but and a lot of the bumps in the road that you know as it developed to the basic uh, systemic rule of eu that that exists now but yeah that's the gist of it
1: How do you feel about the fact that uh, even though it doesn't penalize people who aren't active, it rewards people that are because in a way, these those two weeks are kind of a freebie for your post rate. So if you do post, you get pretty much an automatic boost for that.
0: Well, you basically have December off. So I mean, yeah, that, totally. that's that's kind of a and a good chunk of of uh, November. it um, you know, the EP system rewards you if you are a good poster, even though you're in the post rate suspension. Uh, it's just one of those. I don't want to slap the hands of anybody for you know. Actually, having a wife, <laughs> so you know, uh, you know, there's the uh, to, do your best and uh, honor system during this period. Try to do your best, and I mean, hell, I've been posted for the Galactic Game for almost two weeks now, so I mean, hey, this is just the reality of uh, of the of the holiday season, right? Uh, it's a pragmatic it move. It is entirely pragmatic and unprincipled. Yeah. Uh, anything else for that? No, I think it's a good thing yep oh. me too. All righty I
1: totally agree. Has anybody heard from lucid dreams by the way
0: <laughs> uh he is its uh, just super busy and so you know holidays hello uh and work he's he's <laughs> unlike a lot of us, he is a highly professional dude uh with a very serious job in uh, biotech if I remember correctly um so yeah, him and his PhD and his new wife uh, not too long ago returned from, uh, I think it was Sweden or Switzerland that they were living in, and uh, they got back in the states. They got set up. He rejoined EU, and um, he's just been pretty busy of late. Uh, other than that, uh, I, this in regard to the Explorers and Explorers Inc. group.
1: Yeah, there's a new player there who's been kind of breathing down my neck. I had to tell him no <laughs> that I can't I can't extend an additional slot to you and
0: Yeah. Now the uh I, that's it, it's problematic in that group at the at this point too because the group itself is at a is at a crossroads. Um we Jezebel <laughs> uh not through any magic of my own as the GM but uh through her through her actions and, and whatnot, she has not only come to knowledge of what who is actually behind Titan Industries and uh, Ex- Explorers Inc. by virtue of extension, uh, but also has shared that with the group leader, Domingo. And so th- they're right now basically hammering out, how do we explain to everybody what's going to happen, what do we do, and what are we going to do about this? Because she's put her foot down that she's not going to work for a uh, bunch of uh lying bastards who are basically using them for unknown reasons
1: oh, it's all about the alignment thing too yeah but yeah i just don't i just don't want to see us lose a prospective player who seems to be eager to do stuff that's all
0: right right and you know in that regard i think it's uh just uh, paul is a, a busy dude at the moment and it's the holidays so he, he gets the uh he gets the pass on that. That's when you tell the player, "Look, dude, it's the holidays. Welcome to yep. <laughs> welcome well, to Western culture." <laughs> if he's li- if he's
1: listening, well, dude, it's the holidays. Welcome to Western culture. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, come January, uh, you know, you get, start stepping on people's toes if you don't get answers. Um, so uh, let's transition out of out of that uh, last last topic of of note: uh, the narrative tense and point of view. Somebody wanted to bring that up, and from the uh from the thread and uh, wanted some wanted us to talk about this
3: yeah that was me the runner-up to the uh writing contest i'm very proud of that because the number one was awesome uh that was the first time i really ever paid that close attention to the tense in any of my writing and oh. so it was like a big glaring hole in my education I, i'm gonna blame education um, and also, it made me really think about how I write for the uh, EU posts um, and plug Post posts And I tend to almost always use present tense in those, whereas in the short story, um, past tense was much, much better. And I was just curious about anybody else's experience and if anybody has even noticed when somebody's doing one or the other.
0: Interruption for that uh, you brought it up, so I will make the announcement. The uh, late fall EP contest is over. The first place went to uh, the player uh, of, of Brute, who wrote the uh, the short story more than one way. He got 38% of the votes. Uh, Maniacal here uh, got 29% of the votes, so a very respectable uh, second with the dictionary. I
2: voted um, for that one. I don't uh, mind telling that. <laughs>
0: Lieutenant, Fuller, oh, Lieutenant Fuller's player came in third with uh, his untitled submission. He got 19% of the votes. And my AGM, Captain Cardea, uh, got 14% of the votes on an honorable mention with her Hope Lost Chaos Earth tie in uh, story. So uh, congrats to all of them. I even gave the honorable mention an EP, uh, EP there just because those are, I mean, good Lord. those Those are short stories that are, you know, it's not a small thing to put your work into.
1: But yeah, yeah those... they were all great. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah Captain right. Cardez had the best twist, I thought, at the end.
1: Along, along the same lines, Lloyd, do you plan on continuing with the sort of. We've had two EP contests that were both epic in size. Do you intend to continue doing that with the big rewards, or are you going to scale them down for a little while and then go back to big rewards, or what's your plans? <laughs>
0: uh, that was a, a pragmatic uh, solution on my end not principled or any genius idea because I had goofed and missed a a period. So I was like, oops, I screwed up. Here's your reward. I'm going to make a bigger one that gives us a longer time and more breathing room. And I don't know, maybe so just depends Uh, if it's, if it's a small, if it's a small thing like an item submission or something cool like that, you know, I'll give people that, you know, their a month or whatever and you know, the rewards will be, Uh, not minuscule, but, you know, moderate. Uh, If it's going to be big, I'll I'll make it a big one, and uh, maybe I'll just uh, test the waters. There's a lot of good EP contest idea submissions in the GM's forum, and I plan on taking advantage of most, if not all of them, at some point. So it's great that I don't have to be creative on on any kind of schedule because I already have all those resources for ideas to fall back on.
1: What were we talking about before we got sidetracked?
0: Ah, yeah, yeah. The use of uh, well, it's okay, you know. The conversations are are kind of a meandering stream. Uh, the narrative tense and point of view. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes. like, in in on EU, the narrative tense is first is a uh, third person. Uh, hell, what? I don't even remember now. Third person <laughs> present tense. Thank you. Third person present tense. Uh, so you know, he does this. He does that uh you know present tense and in the third person no i do this cuz that's the player's voice not the character's so uh and you know we want it now uh, you know immediate so that we don't have we're not trying to rewrite history there's no history there's the now so you're living in the moment like you would in a tabletop game at right? the tabletop game you don't say i went down this and that you don't you don't talk about it like a book you tell it as it's going and that establishes continuity for for players and GM alike, and it takes uh, it takes the causality out of the hand, you know, the not the causality. It takes the uh, it takes the results out of the players' hands because players don't have a, a handle on what happens; they just have a handle on their intentions.
1: I wish you could see me nodding because. For anybody who 's listening, if you go to the first podcast I talk about, I come from a mushing background, which is basically like a real time online text based form of role play and nothing burns my ass more than people posing in the past tense instead of present tense
4: right.
1: it, it's just it 's a fundamental <clears throat> rule in that that you don 't do, and i 'm completely in agreement with you for all of the reasons that you stated. I find it jarring when people don't post, you know. When people post any other way,
0: right? Absolutely, because it's not. It's not like you know what's going to happen. You don't. So let's not do that.
2: <laughs> right. So this was. So this was actually a conversation that was had at the beginning of uh, the the founding of Explorers Unlimited. To where it's like, yes, we're going to keep it in the present tense. This is not something that just kind of developed over time. This was an actual conscious decision right at the get go.
0: Uh. No, I got to be honest at the beginning. I think if you, you know, it's hard to remember perfectly, but I think if you look back over Heroes, Unlo- uh, Heroes for Hire's first adventure, I think you'll see a little bit of a mix. And then I, if those, you know, threads still exist, which they may or may not. Um, and it resolved to the first person present tense or a uh, third person present tense. So that that so for those very reasons that just became obvious, you know, because I have a, I come from a a, a tabletop background, so you know if you're jamming a game, you don't—you're not used to this whole "I did this crap." I mean, even though I have a a degree in English, you know, and I'm very accustomed to reading things in the past tense, um, it's just like you, like, like like Storm said, it's very jarring as a GM to hear the past tense used when you haven't even made it happen yet.
1: Especially if everybody else is posting in the other tents, and you come along and see one that's not. Yeah,
0: yeah. Then it just creates discontinuity. That's that's even the that's even worse. Uh, so, um,
1: anything else for that?
0: And uh, by the way, I'm
1: adding things to the uh, show notes even as we speak. Yeah, I got my uh, I got my theme song posts up there.
2: Okay so question for uh, for all of you guys particularly those of you who are GMs which is most of you uh if not all I think all of us <laughs> so I I'm like remember. the only non-GM current GM former GM yes current GM no uh what how much point of view do you like players to give uh let's no. say you yeah, how, I guess I should be rephrasing this in terms of internal monologue. I mean, if, if you could see like uh, Kesslin stares at, at the person for a while, but you can't figure out what he's saying or what he's saying to himself. Or do you want Kesslin to say he stares at him when and all this is going through his mind? You know,
1: you know. Lay it on. Lay it on thick. Lay it on hard. Give me all of it, if you will. That didn't come out the way I wanted it to, but anyway, yeah. you, you get you get the idea. Give me everything you can so to work with as a GM to make it interesting for you as a player.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I always establish the uh, the four things that are required uh, or desired in in a player post. So you have action. I you know you need the, you need a sense of dynamism in a post. Otherwise, you're just kind of wanking. Uh, so you need action. Uh, you need you need dialogue. So their characters need to speak. They need to speak with one another. It's actually really challenging in the fantasy game. We have character one character who's kind of like a psychological mute, so he hardly ever speaks. And
5: he grunts yeah, a lot. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, he grunts, and but he thinks. He doesn't think enough because you know that internal monologue is super important. That really develops the character for everyone else to understand it, even if the other characters don't understand the, the, uh, that character because they don't get to hear his internal monologue.
1: Should uh, I make a major shout-out here? Yeah. Mouser. People would not... Like, you read you read the guy's posts, and, like, Mouser is basically... He's, he's a robot. He's in The Roughnecks. And if you read his posts... It doesn't really. You just you get the idea of he's just a robot following his programming. But if you go back and actually read his posts in detail, you can actually see that there's a sentient being under there because he's posting his his internal monologue, if you will, and he does a really 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 good job of it.
5: Well, and I made him stop saying meatbag out loud.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sad. I tell you, someone. If, if we're gonna give shout outs like that, uh, Captain Cook. I'm gonna give credit where credit is due. His uh, his Celuyuk in in Galactic it's Adventures, or, or yeah, I know, Aradro. It, I love how he played the split personality. Yeah, That's a lot where, to where he'd have like the arguments with himself, and it, it would just be like. That actually is what got me interested in the adventures in the first place, because it's kind of like I want to be playing with these guys, right, right? That that have that that real. I mean, you could he could write a novel just with with that character alone. How and,
5: did you guys let him be the leader with that kind of insanity? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was pre me,
5: dude.
1: <laughs> uh, I can actually explain that because he's complained about it before. Um. Aradro comes from another campaign, an, an earlier one yep, where everybody, yeah, where everybody had to have like six insanities, and then you yes. get grandfathered into this, and nobody else wanted to be a leader, so they made him do it. <laughs> yep. And the yep. guy, I take inspiration for Shane after his radro shane is a delphi juicer and as you know that they have to wear that helmet that messes with their head and everything so he has the same internal monologue but i am a mere padawan compared to what this guy did with radro right if to, just to touch on
2: the the star swords a bit the the star swords the star swords were a real interesting group to read uh as, at one point there were three of the old star swords in the adventurers. It was uh Icky, my character is Aradro, and also Katya uh who oh Lord, Katya had more personalities than you know, Robin Williams during Live at the Met. Uh,
5: it's,
2: <laughs> yeah. it's kinda like, you know, who are we talking to today, Sybil? You never knew <laughs> exactly who you were talking to with her.
0: Oh, Eric, you it, just dated yourself with the civil reference. I know.
2: I know. I am an old fart. What can I say? <laughs> but I I, think I, I, so. insanities I are wonderful to play. They're wonderful to, to read other people play when they're doing it well, like Aradra was. Right.
1: I, I got to say, on the other hand, they're also incredibly bad when people don't do them well.
0: Yeah. And or just fail to do the internal monologue, and I mean, there's the you lose out on XP doing that. I mean, universally, every GM is kind of prescribed. Hey, internal monologue. That's I mean, that's uh, that's an important uh, component of every post, right? So, what are what's your character thinking?
3: Yeah, I uh, think it always has to pass the benchmark test, though. <clears throat> it always has to move either the plot forward or move the character forward. Right. You can't just say. Mm, Donuts smell good, unless right. donuts smell good is somehow remarkable. Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> so you, it's kind of like, you know, using skills
0: too much. Yeah. Back flipping your way to exactly. second level. Exactly. Um, yeah.
3: You can't do the same thing with internal monologue. It always has to be meaningful. Same with dialogue, you know, like right. stupid dialogue. I don't when I'm assigning uh, experience points, doesn't get anything from me unless it's actually worthwhile. You And I, you have to apply the worthwhile filter rather than the length filter because right. you could have a wrangling sentence that meant nothing. Or you could have somebody saying, you know, like, go ahead, make my day. And one is totally awesome. And the other one is a little like, God, you just wasted my time.
0: Right. So, yeah. And one and, and of the things like uh... – like, like, if you look at my my only character, uh, Jazz, you know, with the internal monologue and her interactions with other characters, you would just be like, okay, so this is kind of a, uh, a very focused munchkin. Okay, like, that's pretty much the character, right? You'd be like, okay, so she's a very focused munchkin character, I see. Um, so you have, like, 14 attacks per melee, so you're clearly, like, a totally munchkin. And, you know, that would be totally valid. And then you get, like, her the last two or three posts in the Explorers uh, where me and Domingo are actually having a, a private dialogue away from the rest of the group and, you know, exploring motives and everything. And there's a lot of internal monologue as well as a, a dialogue, you know, and rational justifications of this and that. And, you know, there's like a moral quandary in front of them. And this is what develops characters and, you know, moves storylines ahead. Yep. Absolutely. And
1: I, Maniacal's right too in that there's a time to be verbose and there's a time to not be. Yeah, right. Like you get you get somebody like me or Kesslin, for example, both of us can bang out, you know, a full page post inside of twenty minutes because we're from this mushing background. But so, you know, you, you naturally we both tend to play characters that think it speak a lot. Whereas the cool thing about that is if you ever see us turn around and post up, you know, a one-liner of go-ahead, make my day, that becomes dramatic.
0: Right, right. And, and you know, and one of the things that where this ties in with narrative tense and point of view is, you know, if, if you're not in a combat post, you know, you're, you, are, you have license to uh, talk as much or as little as is appropriate, right? But when you get into a combat post, and this, is, this I cannot stress enough, You have 15 seconds to communicate your thoughts. Now, internally, you can pretty much have yourself a little internal soliloquy or whatever you want to do, but verbally with another character, you have 15 seconds. And one of one of my one of the former GMs and former players, uh, Eric, another Eric, the other Eric, as Eric remembers, um, Combat Librarian, he would um, he would actually time his speeches. You would say what he meant out loud and just time it. So you have 15 seconds. Can you say this in 15 seconds? No. Then it gets truncated and carried on over to the next post, or you're just gonna have to cut it. And I do that. I will enforce that as a GM.
4: In the commentary about the uh, conversations, uh, there was an earlier post between me and uh, Beanpole where we're both being depressive in the garage of a uh, AAPS basis. <laughs> And it was a lot of, we're talking about our backgrounds without actually saying anything about our backgrounds. And it was like the weirdest bro moment ever
0: <laughs> <laughs> in, in the man cave being bros. Yeah.
3: And people we all went off to cooking school.
1: So. <laughs> I know we're running late by the way, but there's one more thing that I want to throw in the list. I, I, I know maniacal and I have talked about this a couple of times. Uh, We should all, as GMs, because this is mostly a GM group and this is a major issue, we should all say in a a paragraph or less what we feel the best way to retain players is. Mm, That's a good one. Okay,
0: so I would put forward a couple principles. Uh, Expect consistent results, like demand. Expect uh, demand consistent results and uh, provide that which, those those same results yourself. So like right now, I'm not holding anybody's feet to the fire regarding post rate because I'm not holding my own. If you want to put forward a standard, you should put forward that standard universally. If it applies to players, it applies to yourself. So if you're going to hammer a player about, you know, content or, you know, dialogue or post rate, you have to meet that standard or you're a hypocrite and that drives players away. Then of course being creative, doing shit that's different. And of course sometimes different means going back to the old fashioned. Hence uh, the Platinum Fantasy game. I'm taking them on an old fashioned dungeon crawl. Well, how that hasn't been done in a while. So <laughs> I don't know, have you looked at what the Bravo group is doing? <laughs> I, I have not it's I, a dungeon I, crawl is, is it on a, a literal, <laughs> is it a literal dungeon crawl
3: well it's a it's oh, a secret okay. lab dungeon where there are <laughs> levels and they have to find the stairs down and they have to battle a monster on each level oh and, that's
0: definitely know. a dungeon crawl okay. oh yeah gold box <laughs> classic style. yeah see mine is literally <laughs> like just that uh, although it's a temple not a dungeon but whatever same thing
1: <laughs> so how about you uh maniacal and how about you eric and uh how about the other two? What do you guys think the best way to retain players is? Personally,
3: I'm still working on it. I agree with everything Lloyd said, and that's what I'm striving for. Um, I've tried Shameless Bribery, and mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not sure I have any higher retention now than when I was being stingy. So, Worked on uh, me.
0: <laughs> two shouts out for Shameless Bribery. Absolutely. That works really well, too. And what about say? from the player's perspective, Eric? I would say, <clears throat> look to
2: the backstories. Look to the characters. the The characters are the, their backstories that they write. Especially if it's it, 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 to use myself as an example, I, I try to get inside my character. Try to uh, figure out a way to make them interesting, and, and think of them as something above and beyond just stats and bonuses and skill percentages. And, and try to think of them in more three-dimensional terms, you you can tell when somebody is, is trying to make that effort and when they're just going, eh, screw it, it's just a character. So yep. the ones that are yep. doing that use their background sheets, their, their character stories as a reference to pull from because there's – there are a few things that I enjoy as a player, and so I tried to do this when I when I GM is just look for things that I can incorporate in. Right. And so, from a player standpoint, it, to see a, a GM pick up on, well, you know, he, oh, he 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 noticed where I mentioned a third cousin that lives in Laszlo. Well, that that means you're paying attention. That means it, it's it just kind of it. It's kind of like a positive reward.
0: It is. It is. And it is. It's a free one. It takes a little bit of work, but it's otherwise free. And it's, it does yield fantastic results. I will give major props to Eric for that. So in like here's for Hire has like 100% retention rate for like the last year. Uh, There have been no openings, uh, except for like we got rid of Ben because he was flaky. Um, And he just flaked himself out. He retired his character basically. Uh, But so the, the previous adventures, you know, Ron had, his, had, a, had an entire adventure surrounded yeah. around his background story, his birthright as an Asgardian yeah. elf. And then uh, Belton got married, right? <laughs> so massive character development, changing all of circumstances and motives, everything, right? He got married. And, right, in the present adventure that they're on, uh, Barracuda, who, although uh, he, his player's a, a good GM, and he's running uh, Century Station fine, I suppose. Um, he he doesn't really evoke a lot of depth in character. So I'm actually going to be introducing his former love interest from the Hero's Limited Dimension in this adventure as an opponent. So Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll be nice. Awkward. Awesome.
1: Yeah,
0: and she's a canon, I, and she's a canon villain, I might add. So just
1: saying. <laughs> good I got three three things. That I think are absolutely critical. The one that uh, the one the big the big one is what Lloyd said: consistency. You know, if you're gonna like, uh, I'm gonna I'm about to swear, but I have a rule that I try and stick with with Templar that I'll be doing with the the Chaos Earth game as well. Whenever a post goes up, I PM the entire group and I set a D day at a date. If you don't post at the uh, before that, screw you. I'm posting without you. Uh, which goes into the next thing. Do not, and this is absolutely critical because I've seen it happen in several different campaigns, do not let one person out of character drag down the entire thing. If it's somebody, if it's one person through their actions that's continually either slowing down the group, causing problems, you know, messing with people's ability to stay in character and the group continuing to move, you've got to pinch it right away. Right. However you do that as a GM, you've got to lance it because it's going to bring the whole group down.
0: Right. I, and I have that problem with, with my uh, two groups as well on occasion, but... uh Thankfully, they usually occur during the holiday slowdown, so I don't have to fret <laughs> yeah. about it much.
1: Most of the time, it's just a talk. You know, it's pulling – and I've done this with a couple of people. You pull them aside. It's like, listen, your character's cool and all that, but if you don't pick up your post rate, I'm going on without you. If you miss two posts, well, that's – You, you got to kind of – you can't be you could be a friend to your players, but you can't be too nice in the end. The golden rule is the show has to go on yeah
0: and only no one have, person they have to could be responsible stop. they have to be responsible for their actions
2: and yeah. to touch on that and and to touch on that because I you know I am one of one of storm's players uh he he will also say okay if you, you this is the d day this is the the day that you have to have all posts in. If your posts are if your post is in by this day, then you get bonus XP. If all posts are in by this day, everybody gets a bonus. So there is yeah. that extra incentive that nobody wants to be that guy who shorts the entire group out of their bonus XP because they were dragging their butt. And I think I See that's that's kind of a, that, that's a positive reward. That's also an implied negative
0: reward. Right. It's it's very it's very useful, and it's and it's a component of the shameless bribery, which was previously mentioned. It's yeah. fantastic. Um, so um, this, any, any last thoughts on that before we uh, wrap things up, here, gentlemen?
1: Uh, like I said, I you know I had fun. I um, was really glad to be in the you know in the discussion and everything, and I raised my glass to everybody tonight. Thanks for having me involved.
0: My glass is empty, but I raise it to you anyway.
1: I <laughs> am.
4: <laughs> Same here. It was a pleasure.
0: Good <laughs> discussion. Yep. All right, gentlemen. Well, this concludes our episode four for Radio Free Merc Town. This is Ben Lloyd. Uh,
3: ben. John. Justin.
0: Mike. And Eric. And we'll talk to you next time. Have a great night.
1: And you have fun editing this two-hour and twelve minute. <laughs>